Welcome to From the Shed End podcast, episode 61, with myself, T-Dot, and Theo. How you doing? Well, as ever, Chelsea just ruining my mood every weekend. But football aside, Chelsea aside, sun is shining in London. So I've had a decent weekend and can't complain. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Very similar to yourself. Obviously, being a Chelsea fan, it's stressful. It's um, a roller coaster. It's been a roller coaster season, let's be honest. It's been probably one of the most craziest seasons I think we've had um, as Chelsea fans anyway. But it's almost over. We've got some good news. Let's start on the good news. Let's start on the positive. I think Todd Bowley coming into the club, an agreement was signed, I think, Friday last week, an announcement Saturday, early hours of Saturday morning, 20 to 2, or something like that, that the announcement was officially made by Chelsea that um, there was some um, deal in place, an agreement, and a deal should be completed, confirmed by the end of May for Todd Bowley and Clear Lake Capital, um, Mark Walter as well, to be a part of that as well. There's some good interesting points in there in terms of that sort of Glazer clause so they're, they're calling it the Glazer Clause um, in the in, in the deal as well, which basically means that they, they can't take money at the club for the next 10 years, which I think is a very good move, whether that's a Roman move or whether that's just the government or the club itself. But what's your thoughts on the takeover? We, we haven't really spoke about it for obvious reasons because we don't want to be like any other channel who just reacts to every bit of news that comes out. But what's your thoughts on now what looks like T- Todd Bowley will be Fit, you know, steerheading the, the the new ownership at Chelsea? It's more a relief, if anything. Um, I think we've been in a situation since mid-March now, so it's really dragged on for a lot longer than we thought. And all those scary rumours, I know they were just rumours that we were about to go into liquidation come end of May. We won't be able to sign any players, sort out contracts, which we kind of wanted during that period. But had that dragged on into the summer, it would have been a, really a bit of a ball ache for us. So I'm really pleased that it's um, it's all done. Uh, the actual profile of Todd Bowley, I like him. I like him already. The fact he kind of attended a couple of Chelsea games, particularly that Chelsea-Madrid um, game at home. He seems to be quite um, motivated and committed to the club. He seems to have already built quite a good rapport with the fans. I like the fact that you know, him and his consortium have said that they will provide $1.75 I think, to redevelop the Premier League club. The, the facilities around Stamford Bridge, Cobham, the women's team, King's Meadow, the youth team, and the continued funding of the Chelsea Foundation. So there's a lot of good points there within the takeover. Um, I'm still a bit unsure about this Clear Lake Capital private equity com- company from California. It's always a bit dodgy having a private equity company be involved in, a, in the ownership of a club, but only time will tell with that. And I think there's something else in that um, takeover contract that was he's not allowed to sell the club for, for t- at least 10 years, I believe. So he'll be the owner of the club or co-owner um, for the next 10 years or so. So hopefully it goes well. But um, just, you know, seeing his reaction and his passion at the Chelsea Wolves game was a good starting point for me. So fingers crossed it's just, um, it goes it goes from strength to strength from here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't, like you, didn't really take much notice to any of the other sort of um, potential buyers or bidders at the time. And for the obvious reason that we just, I mean, I'm, I'm going to put my hand on my heart and just say, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not clued up enough to talk about them in depth. Like a lot of other people were. Um, and even with Todd Bowley, I, I, I can go out there and say, I don't know a lot about him. I just, from what first impressions, which is what I, I usually go on with everyone and anyone is 
the fact that, like you said, he attended games prior to the announcement being made. Even Saturday, um, I thought him being there, the passion that he was showing, the the fact that we we went on to concede a last minute sort of goal and, you know, the draw and just that sort of expressions. And maybe that is all for the cameras, I don't know. But just to, just to see that someone, you know, an owner, we haven't had an owner in, in the, the stands for how long? So just to see someone in the stands to be able to go there, support the, the club that he's, he's now part of as well. For me, uh, I mean, only time will tell. I think, you know, only time will tell. I, I would expect... A, a marquee signing maybe someone big coming in I don't know who that's going to be whether that's going to be this season or the next couple of seasons but I would expect um, not a rebuild I think the rebuilds are wrong wrong term to use but I do think there needs to be a clear sort of steer on what happens next now I think this 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 part now for me is more crucial than who he was taking over because we have to get this part in terms of recruitment strategy you know scouting a lot of that that sits underneath now, what is Todd Bowley and Clear Lake and whoever else, all of that that sits underneath it is the, the part that we have to, if we don't get that right, the next 10 years could could be very testing in terms of being a Chelsea fan. Um, can you see a marquee, a, a sort of big name coming in in the summer this this season? Or uh, next season? I think this morning I was just flicking through Twitter and I saw that Jules Koundé's name is being mentioned again as the big marquee signing of the summer. And I think people who have listened to us before know how we feel about him, even though we probably haven't watched him as much as we should, but yeah. he's probably, he isn't the ideal Rudiger replacement. I'd much rather maybe a more experienced Premier League centre-back, but I'm sure we'll talk about um, our transfer targets coming the summer months. But um, I think Jules Kunde is probably the logical one. True and many. True many are probably the second favourite and then probably Declan Rice being the name that will be mentioned yeah. a fair bit this summer, but I just see West Ham playing very, you know, quoting some ridiculous prices. So that might be a bit of a far-fetched option for us. But um, yeah, Jules Kunde seems like the logical one and he seems like he's desperate to leave Sevilla at the moment like he was last summer. So should he and, and his agent push for a move away, it should happen. But um, I don't like judging players before they arrive, but there's something that's telling you, something tells me that he's not the ideal Rudiger replacement. Mm-hmm. 150 million is what I'm being told for for Declan Rice as well, which I just I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and say this actually that I I personally think Paul Popper on a free transfer who's turned down Manchester City I'd, I'd take him on a free, free. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean he's not free I mean his wages are astronomical but the London City living might appeal to him and you know he's definitely obviously leaving Manchester United he looks like he's turned down Manchester City according to the, the Athletic this morning so there's not I mean maybe a PSG Real Madrid Juventus Chelsea. Juventus Chelsea yeah I mean I've never really been the biggest fan of Pogba I think the way I describe him he's got like a switch and he just chooses what he wants to play well or not and that's kind of like that attitude and that ego he has that being said though when I watch the, front, the French national team and how well he plays alongside Kante, it's its ridiculous. It's, he's ridiculously good and that's in that role and I don't think he's been blessed to have a good partner like Kante at Manchester United. You look at all the midfield partners, he's played alongside Fred McTominay, um, Matic, they're not Kante's, they're not Kovacic's. So, like you said, it could be a possibility, but do I see him coming to Chelsea? I don't think so. I think his wages will be way too high and I think um, his age as well, if we can get a player, maybe that's more than a couple of years younger and true many who's got a lot more potential potential, maybe a lot more discipline as well, then I think that'd be probably a more reasonable option as well. 
Mm. Be interesting. I'm looking forward to the summer. I think the summer window, maybe not this one, maybe the next one after the uh, the World Cup, next the, the following season, season after next, I think will be a telling sign as to where we're going to go, what direction, the plans. Um, I'm interested around the sort of investment into the academy, like you mentioned, the women's team, the Chelsea Foundation as well. I think that's a, you know, it's almost continuing the the work that Roman put in for 19 years. So I'm interested to see how that goes as well. But let's get back to the football. It's been a bit, it's been a bit up and down, more down than up. Um, I don't want to go all the way back to, I think the last episode we did might be West Ham. I think, was it West Ham, the game, West Ham game? Potentially, might be. But, but it's probably, it's probably been the reason why we haven't recorded <laughs> since then. It's, it's, it's very true. Um, it's been difficult and, and I want to get your thoughts on as to why uh, some people have blamed Thomas Tuchel in terms of the tactical decisions that he's made, of some of the substitutions that he's made as well. But what do you think's happened over the last, you know, the West Ham, Manchester United, Everton, those kind of games where we've we've just kind of gone a bit downhill and we just haven't looked to Chelsea defensively as well. We just haven't looked like a team that can defend against Everton of all teams as well. You know, you look at them, Man United, it, games that we should win, winnable games, but we just haven't we just haven't got got them over the, got over the line. So what what do you think's gone wrong? I think just complacency, arrogance. I do question some of Tuchel's tactics, particularly on Saturday, bringing Sar on for the last five, 10 minutes. That didn't make sense at all. Uh, I do think when you play a team like Everton, which is actually what worries me about when we play Leeds on Wednesday, is I feel like there's this part of these teams that who are fighting for relegation. They seem to want it more to stay up than a team who's fighting for top four. That's why I'm really, really worried for the game on Wednesday. I don't think we'll win it. I really don't think we will. Ellen Road's not an easy stadium to go to. You know how big the rivalry is with, with Leeds. I really worry for that game. And if we can't beat Leeds, we can't beat Everton, do we deserve top four? No, absolutely not. I'm a Chelsea fan, I'll be pissed off, but like we do not deserve it. It's simple. Look at how good Spurs played against um, Liverpool at times. They probably deserve it over us at that stage. But it annoys me to say it as a Chelsea fan, but you can't beat Leeds, you can't beat Everton. Teams who you look at the profile of their players and it's rubbish, if I'm completely honest. Mm. Look at that Everton side we played a week ago. Their starting 11 is players that have been signed by five or six different managers and are just still lingering around the squad. I mean, credit to Lampard. He, I think Everton actually were a better team against us last Saturday. And then against United, against Old Trafford, again, not taking our chances, complacency, which was the same situation with Wolves on Saturday. That spell after the second Lukaku game was one of the best football I've seen Chelsea play, but did we score? No, we didn't. Mm. Big chances for Werner, for Kovacic, for all those players, and they didn't take their chances. And then we we allowed, we give them a, a golden ticket to come back into the game. They take it, and then they score an equaliser. Mm. And that's why I dread these games at times. Like even you, you go one nil up, you go two nil up. Are you happy? No, because you just know that we're going to invite them back into the team until we sort out that kind of mental resilience to just kill off games or even defend leads. We're not going to go anywhere. We're not going to go anywhere in the Champions League. We're not going to fight for top four next season. Should we be in the Europa League? I'm, I'm not sure what that's going to happen, but. I just think it's a mix of arrogance, complacency and some questionable tactics from Tuchel. Yeah, I think especially, I mean, we'll talk about the Wolves game slightly in a minute, but I, I do think some of the, the, the subs haven't made sense to me. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to silly mistakes. Even in the Everton game, I think that was probably one of the worst defensive displays from Chelsea that I think I've I've seen in in, in a while. It was poor, really poor. Um, Everton were a team. I think I said in the match preview that we're going to be up for the game. 
you know, they're, they're fighting, like you just said, they're fighting for survival in the Premier League. They, they very much like what you just said about Leeds, you know, they're, they're down there. And when you're down there, you know, three points is like a cup final. It's almost like every game for Leeds and Everton now would be cup finals. And it's just who wants it more on the day. I do think going to Goodison Park is, is I mean, we've not had the best of luck there anyway. Um, but the team that they put out, the team we put out, we should we should not be... It goes back to what I said. And, I, you know, I know he's the club captain and I'm not just blaming him because I could blame all the 11 players. But I just think sometimes you've got to take out certain players, bring them in. I thought even bringing in Malang Sar, um against Wolves was just, I mean, if you're, if you're, if Chalaba, which I understand was expected to play in the Premier League two game, uh, the development squad game on the Sunday, why is he on the bench on Saturday? Because you can't bring him on. You, I mean, you can, but you, if you bring him on Saturday, he's not, he's not playing on the Sunday. So I, I don't get that. Um, you know, there's talk about Alonso and the bust up with Thomas Tuchel. I mean, that must happen across every football club. Every manager, every player at some point must have a disagreement with their manager. So, you know, it's been a lot of talk about Alonso, um, you know, last game at Chelsea, not not being able to um, to continue his career at Chelsea after this. He might leave. I, I just think it's one of those things. It happens. It's internal. You know, I'm sure Thomas Tuchel will brush it under the carpet if it's anything major. Um, I expect to see Alonso in that team on Wednesday. But I just think going back to that Wolves game, it was just... Like you said, you know, going 2 nil up doesn't mean anything as a Chelsea fan. And we, we don't have anyone clinical enough in front of goal to kill a game like Man City did or, you know, the way Brighton did against, which is shockingly surprised me saying it, but Brighton who, you know, killed United. We don't have anyone who can do that. And being 2 nil up used to be, right, we've got two goals. We can sort of enjoy the game. But when you see the way that we let those goals in, I mean, the... the People were blaming Kovacic for, for one of the goals on Saturday, and I just, I, for me, it's a, it's a, it's it's the team. It's not individual players that are making these mistakes. It's the way we're playing as a team for me. But um, give me your thoughts on Lukaku because I think there was talk before the game. Um, I kind of got from what Thomas Tuchel said on the Friday in his press conference that he was going to start the game. He, for me, he played very very well. I thought he he made some brilliant runs. He won the penalty. I thought to take the second goal on the way he did was was brilliant. My only downside and criticism to that is we haven't seen it enough this season, which is what's killed us all season. Um, but what was your thoughts on Lukaku in the game? I thought that was the one positive from Saturday was Lukaku's performance. Like you said, he won the penalty. He scored the penalty with a lot of confidence. He's the one who picked up that ball. I mean, obviously, Mount Jorginho Havertz aren't on the pitch, so maybe he's he's the logical um, penalty taker um, between probably between him and Werner. Um, his second goal, like you said, that's something we haven't seen enough this season. He didn't even take a touch. He just let the ball roll in front of him and then tuck it into the corner, which was a brilliant, brilliant finish. And then even after that, the way he kind of got the crowd going, they, for those who weren't at Stamford Bridge or weren't able to catch the game, every single person at Stamford Bridge was chanting his name again, simply because we know he's going to be here next season. We know he's still got a, a part to play for Chelsea. And every single match going Chelsea fan still wants him to do well. He's still that same guy who was here when he was 18 years old and looked at Stamford Bridge and cried. And I don't think that changes. Of course, there was that whole interview period during during the Christmas time. But sometimes, like you said, we just have to brush down under the carpet and move on. And I do think he's going to be here next season. I do think he's going to pick up some form. And if, particularly if he plays like he did against Wolves. But the question is, is the consistency. My one bit is, one thing I did want to say is, since the interview, I think that was his best performance in a Chelsea shirt. And maybe he needed a game like that where he scores two goals just to pick up some form. 
And I actually would start him against Leeds on um, on Wednesday night. I would start him against Leeds, potentially even in the FA Cup final. I think yeah. it's 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 completely honestly. If you've got you've got a ninety-seven million pound man who's just scored two goals, you start him. You start him, and we know what Lukaku is capable of. He scored thirty goals in Syria, and we'd like to joke that Syria is a bit of a farmers league, but it's not. If I'm honest, it's not a farmers league. So I think now that he's slowly maybe adapted, he's admitted that he, it took him time to adapt to Tuchel's tactics. He, he spoke to the Athletic a couple of weeks ago and admitted that. But now he just needs to kind of man up, take his chances, score goals, and participate in the, you know these type of performances for the team but now that was the one positive from um from saturday was lukaku's performance what's your thoughts on um obviously the news that broke over the weekend around marcus alonso and thomas Tuchel and not you know not seeing eye to eye and the reason he was subbed off um what's your thoughts on that because i mean there's obviously a lot of rumours going around that he's he's played his last game for chelsea now we won't see him again this season he'll be going to barcelona in the summer you know New owners coming in, there could be a conversation there to be had. But what's your thoughts on the initial? You know, he surely ha- he has to play against Leeds on Wednesday. I mean, initially when he got subbed off at half time, I think four or five minutes before half time, he went down on the mm. went down to the ground and was holding his legs. So I thought, okay, he's come off injured. It looked like quite a bad injury. He stayed on the ground for a couple of minutes, and then I just read last night that it was a bust up, bust up at half time. Um, which could, there could be a bit of truth in there. You know what happened after the West Brom game last season with Lampard, and then he never featured again. But that being said, we've got three really important league games still to come. We've got an FA Cup final on Saturday. We don't have that many options. We don't have any options at left wing back. The, our other options are Kennedy, Azpilicueta, and Sal Niguez. We don't have the privilege of having Chilwell back in the squad, and Emerson Palmieri still on loan at Lyon. Yeah. So we do need him. We do need him. So I think one of the two, whether it's Tuchel or whether it's Alonso, needs to just swallow their pride and apologise and admit that they they messed up and they need there's still a huge part to play this season. Maybe the owner can play a part as well, but we can't afford these type of internal conflicts at this stage of the season. So it kind of does worry me slightly as a Chelsea fan. And I think Tuchel, I personally think he will be dropped against Leeds, but then may feature in the FA Cup final just as a small punishment, a bit like the Kepa situation, like the Lukaku situation. But um, but no, we just can't afford to not have him feature before the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I think it happens in every must happen in every club. I think it's an uh, I think it's an internal situation that somehow is if it if it if it's true. I mean, it could just be the fact that he's, he's come off injured. You know, Chelsea Twitter has been like this season where one person says something and it's the truth, and it's you know it turns out that it's not. So I think it's one of those where for me he has to start against Leeds. Um, I think one of the bonuses for, for Leeds is obviously they've, they've lost Luke Aylin for the rest of the season now. I think for the red card that he picked up yesterday, he's a very crucial player for Leeds. But I just think, who plays there? Who plays at left back or left wing back? Do you put Kennedy? Do you trust Kennedy as left back? Do you put Aspiaqueta there and play Reese James at right wing back? Do you put Sal Niguez there, who I didn't think had the best of games when he came on? I mean, these games now, we've... You know, we we joke about third place, fourth place, and Tottenham Arsenal, but it, you know, I think Arsenal one point behind us now. Big game coming up on Thursday in their game, North London derby. You know, we're going into these games now. We shouldn't be in a position where we're sort of looking at fourth place and thinking we might we might get fourth. You know, we should have third place wrapped up nicely. If you think back to the Everton game, United, um, you know, those games where we should potentially be talking about. You know, nine points out of those three games, United, Everton and um, Wolves. 
nine points. We should be going into the FA Cup final in six days with not that much pressure. I just think Alonso, he has to start for me. I think if, if, if it's a case of, you know, someone's got to just say sorry and they've got to go back to training today, then they should be doing that now as we speak. But, you know, I, overarching question, I suppose, but do you see him still at the club next season? I mean, there's been talk about Barcelona. He wants to go back to Spain. Do, do you see that happening? I mean, we can't really afford to lose him at this stage as well. I don't think there's no date on Ben Chilwell's comeback. I, like we spoke about so many times, it could be it could be September, it could be October, but will he be fully fit by then to match fitness? Probably not. So we're looking realistically November, December, and that's the World Cup period. So he might not feature a lot then. He might not get picked for England. Emerson might come back. Do you trust Emerson to be our starting left wing back next season? Probably not. And he is, he's actually been performing very, very well. I'm looking back at that game at the Bernabeu. He was my man of the match for me. Yeah. And very unlucky. Um, there was a game recently he was very unlucky not to score in. I mean, he put in a great assist for Pulisic against West Ham. He's been contributing a lot. And he's a Premier League experienced player. And can we afford to sell him, bring back Emerson and not have kind of a a number one left wing back until Chilwell recovers? Probably not. So I think we've got to, some, like you said, they're going to be training this morning at Cobham. I reckon Tuchel needs to call him into his office or Alonso needs to go up towards Tuchel and they need to have a gentleman's conversation. And like I said, one of the meetings is just swallow their pride and apologise because this can't be happening until um, end of May. Yeah, no, I agree with you hundred percent. I'm just, I just want to share this with with you and with everyone. But this is exactly what we, we, we're dealing with at the moment. <laughs> why, why are you bringing this up? <laughs> if we were to lose at Leeds and Tottenham were to beat Arsenal, which I think is doable, we could be fifth by the time we are next in Premier League action. I mean, it's just surely. I mean, I, I don't want to be the one to say it. I want to be positive and optimistic, but surely we do not throw away the Champions League qualification spots at this late stage in the season. You know, it's it's ridiculous to even think that we might we might end up playing Europa League football next season with a new owner coming in. I mean, it's just it's not even worth thinking about. But you look at these games here, Leicester after the FA Cup final, um, and then obviously you've got the, the final game of the season against Watford, who you would expect us to beat Watford, but and Leicester as well, being two home games, brilliant. But going into those there, what you can see now off the back of hopefully an FA Cup win, surely that's six points at the end of the season. You say surely, we've been saying that <laughs> since the start of the season. Surely we'll beat Brentford, surely we'll be doing this, surely we'll. Optimism. <laughs> I, I'm not optimistic at all. I'm really not. I can see it's dropping points to Leeds and Leicester, maybe beating Watford. And on paper, which these are probably the three easiest games. You look at their domestic form, you look at Watford, who are already, already relegated, you look at the quality of the players and that Leeds have. They're, they're, on paper, they are easiest games, but Wolves should have been a really easy game. Wolves have nothing to play for and we made things really difficult for ourselves. Same with Everton, same with United. I think United, for the first time in God knows how long, they lost five away games in a row. And we've mm. struggled. We've really made things hard for ourselves at Old Trafford. I'm really not optimistic and I'm kind of I try to avoid thinking about the Premier League table even looking at it but I'm not optimistic I want to quickly talk about the the FA Cup final which obviously is massive for us you know we we um 
they like to call it, what do they call it? The Anfield of the, the South or something is what it's dubbed or something like that. But I mean, look, Liverpool are beatable. We got to see that um, almost at the weekend with Tottenham, who I thought played really well. I'll give them the credit. They played really well against Liverpool. Going into an, an FA Cup final, I, I do think form, um, obviously they're looking for their quadruple, but I do think all of that goes out the window. You made a good point earlier on around Lukaku, who I would start against Leeds and I would start against uh, Liverpool in the FA Cup. I don't think Lukaku is a player that can come on and impact a game. I know he did it against um, Liverpool in, in the League Cup final, but I just mean in terms of how he's playing now, you just mentioned the two goals that he scored. You want to take that form into a tough game at Ellen Road, maybe bring him off if we win, if, you know, if we're comfortably winning 3-0, 4-0. So we off. did against Wars, we brought him off and then it all went wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was another really strange sub at the weekend, actually. I forgot to bring that one up. But um, going into that FA Cup final, which is crucial for us, I think it's kind of, you know, the, not the deciding point of our season, but you think about if we, we get top four, which is what we're clinging on to now, which is strange for me to say, but clinging on to top four, we get the FA Cup, Club World Cup, Super Cup. I think it's been an okay season, considering... Hmm. everything that we've gone on with you know what What do you think I mean I would say it's been a, a relatively okay season with sanctions with off-field stuff with Thomas Tuchel and what he's had to do in his own personal life as well exactly um, you know the Lukaku situation didn't help early on in the season injuries to, to Chilwell Reese James N'Golo Kante Matteo Kovacic has been out as well Ruben Loftus-Cheek we had to play a game I think at Molyneux with three outfield players and two goalkeepers on the bench this is what we've had this season so Going into that FA Cup final, I expect all the players to leave everything out there, in my opinion. They they can't, you know, 120 minutes, whatever it needs to be, penalties, I expect them to come home with that that FA Cup. What's your thoughts going into the, the final? Yeah, I mean, like you said, everything, all those things you listed, the two-course divorce, the sanctions, the, the, the positive COVID test, not having a game postponed, the injuries, the Lukaku interview the sale of the Chelsea, everything possible has gone against us this season. And then even you look at bloody Liverpool faking their COVID test, that still boils my blood. It still boils my blood. And they got their game postponed and we didn't. Um, Everything's gone against us. And this is almost that one game. We just, like you said, we just need to leave everything on the pitch. Whoever comes on as a substitute, whether it's Kepa for the shootout, whether it's um, Kennedy, I don't know if he's going to play a part, but any player in that, in that squad needs to give it 110%. Mm. And, we just can't have Liverpool. We need, we need to end their quadruple hopes on Saturday. It's simple. Yeah. I mean, my, and, my ultimate my ultimate desire or hope is we win the FA Cup. Obviously, Man City look like they should win the Premier League. Should. Massive should. Um, you go into that final, Champions League final. We're all Madrid fans, aren't we? Yeah, 100%. I, I personally think they will win the Champions League. Their, no, their league's wrapped up. Uh, no, so no. Uh, the league is wrapped up already. Mm. I think they rested quite a lot of players last night as well. Yeah, it, I, think, I, think they, I think they can do that now. They, they've they got had, nothing to play for. They had Luka Jovic up front, and I think yeah, yeah. their second choice goalkeeper in goal. It, yeah. they, I mean, they, they, they lost, yeah. lost yeah. one nil thing, but my point is they can do that. They can allow, I mean, Liverpool are literally going to have to go up to the wire for the Premier League. Um, you almost think as well, are they willing to scrap this quadruple nonsense and just not to say they're going to field a, a team that 
can't win the FA Cup final, but will they look at the, the remaining fixtures they've got after the FA Cup final going into that Champions League period as well, where they want to focus on a, the Champions League? Maybe their mind's going to be on that as opposed to Saturday's FA Cup final. But you look at their front three and Diaz, Jota, Mane, Salah, I mean, they're all... They're all shooters. good players though. Yeah. You rest one of them, you can even bring in Firmino or Chamberlain or they're, they're yeah. all very good players. Yeah. Liverpool, their depth and their, even their centre-back depth, they've got Kanate, who's yeah. hardly featured Massive in the league player. and he's a brilliant player. Yeah. Simi Kass is another one. So I'm not, I don't really, I think whoever they feel on Saturday at Wembley will be a very strong eleven, regardless of them thinking about the Champions League final in yeah. a, a couple of weeks' time. But like I said, we just it's just, we just need to show that we want it more. This is almost yeah. like the last bit of us. We look, we saw Chelsea last season. We had the FA Cup final and the Champions League final. I feel like we didn't give it enough in that FA Cup final. We handed it yeah. to Leicester, but then we gave it our all in the Champions League final. You do kind of maybe wonder if Liverpool's minds will will, will be similar to that. But um, but now it's just going to be a question of who wants it more. And I think, like you said, too, we've been the better team over Liverpool in all three of our games against them this season. Mm. There'll be VAR controversy. I just know that. Like there always is against Liverpool. So that's that's expected. I can't agree with you more. I think even going back, sorry, just to the Wolves game, you know, Timo Werner, goal should have been allowed. I think the, the offside, the Rudiger, Loftus-Cheek, I, I get it. I get why it was mm. offside. Um, but the Werner, I mean, referees just, and I'm not saying this is why we, we don't win games at all, but referees just need to have a bit more consistency. And it always seems like it's, maybe because I just support Chelsea, maybe I'm being biased, but it just seems like it's always a, you know, negative sort of mm. officiating in terms of our games. Yeah. You know, you look at the Werner, if you want to call it a foul or was it almost he was falling already if you're unsure just let the goal happen and then blow your whistle and then yeah, let var look at it it's yeah. and they should have had a red they should have had two yellows at one point i didn't i was sat high up i didn't see who the player was i think it might have been yeah. trincao the guy who scored yeah yeah, yeah. but i think he Good should goal. have had two Good yellows mendy should have done better again though yeah yeah, yeah. he doesn't even dive he doesn't even dive yeah. now he just looks at the ball and then he acts all shocked when it goes into the back of the nets he's a brilliant goalkeeper but he just needs to be a bit more Reactive. He will never be reactive. He will never be like as good as Allison, as good as Courtois, as good as Edison. If he carries on playing like this, mm. I'm thinking back at a couple of those goals that went in. Four, two of the four that went in against him against Arsenal, probably two of the yeah. four that he conceded against Brentford. He can stop those easily, yeah. easily. It's true. It's true. And we've said that before. I mean, I was going to recycle your uh, your gif that you sent, um, the robot one. Because it's literally that again. All, always is the the same problem with Mendy. It's just his reactions to to shots that he can save. It's just not good enough. But that being said, he did make one big, big, big save at one point. Oh I yeah, he can, yeah. He can he can pull them out the hat when he needs yeah. to. But I think when it when it matters as well, he just doesn't do it enough. And I think it goes back to that consistency around. You know, you look at Allison or Edison or even yeah, Courtois to an extent. You know, those goalkeepers that when it matters, they 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 turn up. You know, they perform. So. Not to blame just Mendy. Uh, like I said at the start of this year, you could probably go for the whole 11 and pick something out of everyone's game, especially against Wolves. But let, let's try and end it with a bit of a, a positive before we do um, the, the predictions for, for the Leeds game. But obviously, the under 23, the development squad managed to beat Tottenham yesterday 2 1, which means that they stay in Premier League 2 for another season, which I think is a massive achievement. It's been a really poor season. Um, I think COVID potentially has a, has had a massive impact. And I think a lot of the players who potentially would have been in that squad have actually gone out on loan to, you know, League One, Championship, 
squads as well. So I think there's a lot of players that would have been in that squad that just haven't been there this season. But to still see see it through and get you know the performance that keeps us in the Premier League two for another season, I think is an achievement. And obviously the the Chelsea women's team yesterday uh, managed to secure the WSL for another season as well, which is which is Emma Hayes showing the talent that she is as well. I thought that was a brilliant achievement there as well. I think it was close to the wire as well because I'm pretty sure um, Arsenal potentially could have won the, the, the WSL yesterday as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, coming back against Manchester United at Kings Meadow, I think is, you know, I don't know if you got to see the goals, but mm. Sam Kerr, brilliant volley, brilliant volley. Uh, goalkeeper, I mean, their goalkeeper should definitely be doing better. I think I can definitely say that, but um you know, brilliant result for the for obviously under twenty threes and, and Chelsea women as well. Definitely, yeah. No, really big achievements. I can only praise there's so much praise you can give to Emma Hayes, but she's done a fantastic job at Chelsea winning the title three years in a row now. Yeah. And um great to see that the uh under twenty threes stayed up as well and all the I think a lot of the first team players were in attendance to support them at that game, which was great. So um now it's just up to the men's team to to finish yeah. the season on a high, just like they have. Yeah, no, I agree. Let, let's do our usual predictions before we wrap up. Um, big game, as you said about Leeds. Let's start with the Leeds game first. Um, I'll go first. I think if Lukaku starts, I think it's going to be 2-1. I think I think he should put in another good performance. I, I still think maybe play Havertz and um, Lukaku up front as opposed to Timo Werner. Mason Mount obviously didn't feature. Um, so you'd expect him to come back into the team as well. Um, maybe he's picked up a, a slight knock. I don't know. But yeah, I'd imagine 2-1. Lukaku maybe to get a goal. Um, be interesting to see about team news actually. But yeah, I'd, I'd say Mason Mount surely has to feature as well. What, what's your thoughts? 2-2. Two, two. Nothing more to be said. We'll score and then we'll <laughs> let them back into the game. Just like Wolves, just like half the games obviously this season and It'll be that repeat, even two two performance. Yeah, two two or one one. But I just hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. But yeah. it's just quite hard to stay optimistic right now as a Chelsea fan. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't blame you at all. I don't blame you at all. Um, I think we should probably do a separate preview for the Liverpool game. Massive game. Um, but initial thoughts after back of this weekend. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go out there and say that we are gonna win. I'm not gonna give a prediction, but I'm just gonna say we are gonna win the FA Cup. We've been the better team of we've been the better team over the League Cup, the two Premier League games, games as well. They are beatable, Liverpool. And if you expose their weaknesses in terms of someone like a Trent Alexander who loves going forward, but defensively there are. I mean, you saw what Vinicius Junior was doing. Well, what he will do to him um, in, in the game coming up in the Champions League final. I mean, he's going to have a field day. But mm. what's your thoughts on on the final? Are we going to bring it home? Completely agree. They are beatable, but we're not clinical enough we're not clinical enough and when we are clinical we only see it in small patches during the game I think when it matters when it matters we are even in that home game against Liverpool we were brilliant but that kind of just that 10-15 minutes towards the end of the first half was just okay this is amazing let's keep this up and we didn't we didn't so if we kind of just have more than I want to say half an hour of just playing our football scoring goals we can win it but I'm not going to make a prediction I'm just going to say it's going to go to extra time and then anything can happen after that it's a fair shout. It's a fair shout. Um, for those who are listening on the audio version of the podcast, you can follow our social accounts. Um, you should be able to see them if you're on Spotify. So you, you'll be able to see them on the top of the screen. Um, 
got Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube as well. So make sure you follow and subscribe to those as well. And if you're watching on YouTube, please make sure you go to Apple or Spotify and make sure you subscribe to the podcast audio version as well. Don't miss an episode. Theo, as always, thank you very much for joining me. And hopefully we have better days to come um, after we beat Leeds and we beat Liverpool in the uh, final of the FA Cup. But this has been From the Shed End, episode 61. Until next time, thank you very much for watching or listening. Take care. We'll be back soon.